Listener supported. WNYC Studios. From NewSounds.org and the studios of WNYC in New York, this is Soundcheck, our series of live performances and interviews. I'm John Schaefer. The London-based electronic music composer and producer Ryan Lee West records under the name Rival Consoles, and he's always been concerned about using the technology to highlight the human component of his music. His latest album is called Now Is, and it sees rival consoles touring around the States with an immersive audio-visual experience that ranges from ambient music to his own take on house and techno, sometimes inspired by American minimalism. Rival Consoles is back in our studio today, and he's going to start us off with this piece called Pulses of Information. Thank you. 
That's called Pulses of Information, a live performance here in the studio by Rival Consoles, the work of the uh, English musician Ryan Lee West. Joining me here in our studio, it's been about five years, Ryan, since we last had you here. Yeah, it's been a long time, and thank you for having me back. Um. <laughs> I, I like what you've done here. I'm looking at the set list. Um, we will get to a, a song from the new record, Now Is, but we're also getting to hear from two records that have also come out in the interim. Yeah. Uh, something from Articulation from 2020, and this piece, Pulses of Information, is from Overflow, the 2021 album, which was more than an album. Yeah, so that was um, quite a large form record that was for a contemporary dance of the same name, uh, Overflow. And yeah, that's quite a... I don't know, a very, I mean, that is a piece, as you mentioned earlier, that American minimalist composers that I guess, you know, is kind of in that world. Yeah. Um, very kind of restraint and yeah, trying to achieve quite a lot just with, I guess, kind of rhythmic patterns and color in general. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so three works from three different records. And, and so Overflow was electronic and dance music, but it wasn't electronic dance music, right? <laughs> yeah, that's correct. Yeah, it was very much score. Um, I mean, because I don't really consider myself to make dance music anyway. Um, I feel like there's lots of properties in my music that come from dance music, mm -hmm. but it's much more from a guitarist or songwriter's perspective. It's basically many things. Um, if, even when it, it, it does sound more towards techno, it's, it's elements of techno rather than techno itself. Right, right. Not techno, but an incredible simulation of techno. <laughs> um, yeah. When you say a song, so songwriters usually begin either with words or with, you know, kind of chord sequences, you know, melodic patterns and stuff. Since there are no words in your music, how do you, A, tell a story, and B, where does, you know, what's the starting point for you? Um, well, I mean, for me, it's it's mainly about structure and because I would have learned, I did learn, sorry, to play hundreds if not thousands of songs as a guitarist before I even made electronic music, I just mean there's this tendency to approach music and the structure of music from this kind of information that I've experienced. And if I was to talk about how I can express emotions in music, I mean, for me, a, a big part is exploring tension and release, mm -hmm. which is obviously one of the most common things in art in general. But it in a way, it's kind of similar to classical music in that you, you build to these points of tension and then you can suspend them and then release from them. And that piece actually that I just played is quite a simple example of these tension points that then give way to kind of resolve. And that is a kind of through line throughout a lot of my music. And yeah, of course, there aren't words, but you can associate tension and release with many different things. And it can be very different weights of intensity, um, versions of those. And, and something as, as simple as a crescendo, you know, each time that rhythmic pattern appears, it gets a little louder. You know, there's, there's, there's almost a sense of, of uplift, of, of euphoria, you know, when, and yep. you don't need words for that. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, I, I mean, it, it, it's obviously very abstract because electronic music, you could think of as just being more color and form. Um, but again, it's the tension and the resolve and the kind of drama that gives way to, you know, recognizable emotions. Yeah. So y you spent, Ryan, a fair amount of time before we started recording, making sure the sound was nice and clean. 
And then as soon as pulses of information yeah. started, there's all this crackling. I mean, yeah. the, the importance <laughs> of grit, of noise in, yeah. in your music. Uh, there's a track on now is called Vision of Self. The opening is just like, it's like, like of, of space. You want to have control over the sound, but it seems like you're admitting the possibility of chaos in there as well. Yeah, it is a bit of a contradiction. Um, but of course, there are different versions of noise, different versions of um, degradation. But it's for me, I d and I do it as as do many sort of electronic composers include a lot of noise sources in music. Um, and as you mentioned, Vision of Self does have a kind of phone recording of the outside world which has got this slightly ghostly, haunted quality yeah, to it. I could not figure out what that was. Yeah, I mean, it is just simply, it is me with the phone recording the outside world just for a moment, and it just captures the slight sensation of voices in the distance and maybe the slight white noise of traffic. Um, but I included it in that piece of music because, I mean, that piece of music was made in the pandemic, and it's, it's quite a sort of ghostly isolated perspective of hearing the outside world and then the music kind of emerges from that. I just thought it was quite interesting on a very simple level. I'm not trying to be profound about anything, but <laughs> it's just interesting that electronic music emerges out of that um, rather than just emerging immediately. It, that changes your perspective of the electronic it, well, everything about what emerges out of it, in my opinion, it just changes the kind of context. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you've mentioned structure, and um, this this next piece you're going to do, articulation, has an interesting. I mean, it presents as being full of these very uneven uh, phrases and and uh, melod mel melodic fragments, but underneath there is a very steady rhythm. Uh, and so again, you have this kind of play of of textures going on. Is that is that? I mean, do you start with that idea, or does that happen? Well, with this piece of music, actually, it was very kind of conceptual in a way because the, there's this initial chord progression that the whole song's built around, which is actually looking at dividing rhythm into four different systems. So it starts with sixteenth notes, then dotted eighth notes then like 30 second notes and then kind of like quarter notes dotted quarter notes so it's kind of like each each two bars of this sequence that repeats over and over again has its own sort of division of time it's like mm. four different divisions of time is the best way to put it but i just thought it was quite interesting to think of music in those terms so do you ha actually have to like write do you have to notate something do you have to have like a pattern written down in front of yeah, you yeah so so this really was written in to a computer as a pattern, as a visual pattern. Um, and it's something that I've done a few times uh, throughout my sort of career. Um, it's interesting because it's very, I mean, you might not necessarily know that if you listen to it, but if you then, if you know it, you can really look at it and see it as actual kind of like a very clear structure, a visual structure. Um, or at least it's very visual to me. Well, uh, and, and that's, that's why I asked the question because I, I did get the sense that, you know, there, there's so much going on here with these different patterns that there had to be some kind of master plan to yeah, keep it, it all together. It, it is very, I mean, because a lot of the music that I do make is born out of improvisation, but this one is an example where it is actually conceived kind of before the fact. Mm. 
And this is the title track of the 2020 album. Yep, that that's correct. Did. Yep. All right, let's uh, let's hear a live performance. Ryan Lee West is with me in the studio. He is Rival Consoles, touring around the States behind his uh, latest album called Now Is. But uh, here's the title track of this 2020 album called Articulation.
That's a live performance of Articulation by Rival Consoles. It's the uh, title track of his 2020 record, Articulation, obviously. And uh, live performance. Now, um, Ryan, you were mentioning that many of your pieces start as improvisations. This one did not. This was, you know, you had these patterns that you needed to arrange. Even so, in this performance, while it is recognizably articulation, it is not the same articulation that's on the record. No, I mean, that one's very kind of deconstructed and then reconstructed live just now. Um, and you can kind of really hear the kind of in individual parts um, throughout that and kind of then variations live of the kind of general theme. Um, but yeah, it's very different to the actual track. Um, there's probably somewhere between like a quarter and half of kind of the general mm -hmm. thing going on there. But yeah, I like to explore a lot of things with that piece, actually. It's quite colorful, I think. Um, I know I must have asked you this question before, but I, I for life me can't remember what the answer was. Where does the name Rival Consoles come from? Well, I mean, there isn't a super profound meaning behind it, but I guess, I mean, definitely back in the day, I was someone that played video games quite a lot, especially having an older brother who really was the generation of like the first Nintendo, Sega Mega Drive, mm -hmm. well, and Amiga, the Amiga and things like that. Um, so, you know, there's definitely kind of a reference to that. But also, obviously, in music, consoles are, you know, mixing desks and right. things like that. And I, I'd, for me, actually, the, I do like the word rival because obviously that implies some kind of like duality or something. But I like, you know, the, the word rival yeah. also suggests an alternative to something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It and implies you said, things. Yeah. And, and you, you said before, it's like you, you, you don't do techno, but you draw on techno. You don't do EDM, but, you know, some of that language. So it's sort of an alternative to the things that have become the huge building blocks of what most people think of as electronic music. Yeah, yeah, to an extent, yeah. Okay. Um, having said that, you are at our piano for a reason because you play that instrument as well. Um, the 88th day of each year is Piano Day. Uh, and you actually did something for Piano Day this year, right? A piece called Spirit Loop? Yeah, that's right, yeah. And that was um, a sort of tape loop uh, with lots of kind of textural improvisations built around it, but all kind of stemming from this initial um, very, very simple tape loop recording that I made. And the next piece that I'll play is actually a very similar process. Mm -hmm. um, just, I like the idea of capturing basically something that's unintended and actually is not necessarily of any value, but then once you change the speed of it or start to loop it and I guess this kind of goes to sort of John Cage and people like that who were interested in taking something that wasn't perhaps considered interesting right and just the sheer repetition of it building around that as a framework and you start to kind of fall into it as a concept um, so that's kind of what's going on um, in the next piece that I'll play well, you know, the looping idea is an interesting one because just as we were talking before about, you, you know, you clean up the sound so that you can then introduce noise, loops um, are often not precise. You yeah. know, it's, it's like you don't catch something that's an actual 
four, you know, four bars of four beats per measure, and it's perfectly synced up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, these pieces that we're talking about don't conform to like um, a computer grid. Um, I don't know exactly what they would be, but there'd be some extremely absurd kind of <laughs> mathematical division, like in terms of the actual loop. And you also, obviously, when you when you are looping tape, you do get these sort of strange little ripples at the beginning and the end of the loop where obviously there's a little bit of conflict between mm -hmm. you know the actual tape joining and i find that really interesting because uh, hold on are, are we talking real tape real tape yeah analog tape yeah yeah it's like a nagra cool. tape loop yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all right great. in mono as well um but yeah it's just and the, the whole point of that obviously is that you're blind to it to an extent you're obviously listening but when I made these two pieces, it was pure accident because, you know, you, it's not like when you're working with computers where you often see a visual representation of what you're editing. Yeah. I mean, the, an odd, you know, a, a time signature that you could not notate on a piece of paper, you know, when you repeat that tape loop over and over, it, it becomes its own thing. Yeah, right? exactly. And yeah. Yeah. I think the brain, because the brain obviously is evolved to seek out and understand patterns even right. if they're quite obscure but of course because it does actually repeat the brain gets used to this kind of new system of knowledge so and then other things can you can add things to that that can kind of imply other things it's just a very simple but a kind of freeing process you know when you consider that a lot of electronic music is well not a lot probably you know 98 percent is conforming to some kind of grid right e even if it sounds loose yeah. It is still kind of conforming to some kind of grid. So it's just a way for me to kind of refresh that perspective. All right. So uh, again, going back to the set list that I have here, it says, Quiet Home with Piano Improv for John. Care to explain that? Yeah. So it's just it's just this, you know, very, very loose. Um, the piano loop itself was made by a friend of mine who was at the piano, and I just happened to record literally one or two seconds of of material at a random point it wasn't kind of conceived and planned um the only, well the only kind of instruction was to play at the upper end of the piano the upper octaves and okay. the reason for that is because i was gonna pitch it down an octave so of course then it would fall into the middle of the piano in terms of pitch but other than that it was just a complete freak accident and it's just four notes but for some reason that day when we were just messing around and having coffee we actually had it repeating in the background for hours actually and it was it, it's kind of interesting because it's very difficult, I think, as a composer to make something with four notes that you can allow yeah. to, to sort of repeat in the background. Um, so, yeah, I just decided that I would build very, very delicate electronic sounds around this framework. That actually took me a year, though, even though this happened within like five minutes. It took me a year then to decide on very, very subtle synth elements that would complement this and mm. I think of them as kind of like lights kind of glowing that come in and out of the picture yeah. um, and this kind and that will make sense obviously when you hear it but I do I do think of them as kind of like glowing embers to, to an extent and different versions of them okay so quiet home is the four notes piano loop yep. with these electronics and then you're gonna do like some yeah I'll play live I'll, piano stuff I'll play like the you know the, the general theme um, and then obviously just improvise around that in a very delicate way I mean, because in the actual piece itself, I, I was taking the initial loop and then processing that. So there's like lots of recycled, mm. sped up versions of it that actually are very subtly in the background. So it's just, you know, taking it's similar to how Beethoven worked, I guess, where he would build 
a lot of music out of just like one central melodic idea. Um, right, right. Da, not, da, da, not, da. not that I'm comparing myself <laughs> <laughs> in any way to Beethoven. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, before Ryan talks himself into a corner he can't get out of, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> let's hear a live performance. Quiet Home is a track from the new record by Rival Consoles called Now Is, but here is a live performance.
Quiet Home with Piano Improvisation by Rival Consoles, the work of Ryan Lee West. Quiet Home is from the new album, the latest record called Now Is. So that's our piano, the tape loop of the piano that you recorded, and the electronics. And it's not always apparent which is which, although when you get to the little dropout in the tape loop, that oh, that's like your marker is, oh yeah, that's the tape part. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, no, but that's kind of, I guess, something that I'm often exploring is, you know, this sort of exchange of one idea or one sound emulating another. Mm. So whether the piano starts to at some point be processed in a way that could give the impression of a synth and then vice versa. So just the simplicity of even if you change the very beginning of a sound, like yeah. if you change the first five milliseconds of the attack of a piano, it becomes quite unrecognizable to most people. So that and that kind of implies that the first five milliseconds of of a sound is where we the brain kind of registers what it is. Right. right. So I'm interested in just the, the simple ways that you can um, play around with sound almost like it's clay. Yeah. And you can start to give the impression of different things. Well, one of the things I liked about the museum exhibit, David Bowie is, is that they didn't finish the thought. It was left to you as the museum goer. And of course, they gave you dozens of potential ways of finishing that thought. David Bowie is this, that, or whatever. Uh, The album title, Now Is, Hmm. seems to serve a similar function. Yeah, I mean, that's why I used it really, because especially at the point in time it felt like a lot a lot of things in the world didn't have any kind of answer or at least it was difficult to even think about you know the right kind of questions so i like open statements where there's a weight to it but it's also it's extremely open and it's not it's not kind of um forcing any kind of agenda or you know speaking about a very specific standpoint it's more just like drawing attention to you know, a set of questions almost. Right. Well, and you mentioned, you know, songwriting before. And, you know, a a lot of my favorite songs are the ones that don't just like sit there and tell me what it's about, but invite me to kind of figure it out on my own. And, you know, absent words in your music, this is a way of sort of, you know, creating that experience for the listener, it seems. Yeah, I think so. I mean, also, I do tend to hide things in different kind of depths of the mix so on first listen a lot of music that I make I think has one quality but then actually on repeat listening you will find actually there's kind of things buried at different points Mm. there's lots of details that always sit in the background of my music Um, and yeah it's just a way for you to focus on different points in the like it's almost the same as painting really where you've got different focus points you know in the foreground and the background and there's lots of play between these two points of depth Mm. Um, So now is the latest record, U.S. tour, supporting it. And uh, Ryan, great to have you back here with us. Thank you so much for playing for us today. Thank you very much. And thanks also to our technical director, Irene Trudell. Lauren Purcell-Joyner produced today's session. And you can keep up with everything that we're doing on New Sounds, including uh, Rival Console's prior session here in our studio five years ago. We shot video of that. That's all available on our website at newsounds.org. <laughs>